I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun, for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandslots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandslots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, hello, hello everyone. I'm Rob Wolf and welcome to episode number 22 of Unformidable where we take a look at some of the less heralded myths in our beloved franchise's quirky history, as every player who dons the orange and blue is, in their own way, unformidable. So we're about to embark on the latest, most important series of the season, as the Mets welcome the Chicago Cubs to City Field, the team that we're currently chasing for the second wild card. Uh, still an interesting race. The uh, Nationals have put a little distance that first wild card, unfortunately, so <clears throat> little Mets-Cubs uh, with the Cardinals just barely ahead of the Cubs there uh, race uh, predominantly right now. Exciting sweep of the Indians, uh, followed by the letdown of getting swept by the Braves, and, uh, you know, trying not to get, you know, still thinking about the fact that we didn't think we'd have all this exciting baseball in August, September, so just trying to let it happen, and enjoy a, you know, formerly impressive rivalry, uh, Mets-Cubs, and uh, see how see how this week goes. So Mets-Cubs made me, brought, brought a couple of players to mind, but the one that brought to mind for me, uh, personally, for a couple of odd quirky reasons, is one Cleotha Chico Walker. Uh, for me, a notable Cub and Met player both. 
and he will be the subject of tonight's Unformidable. Well known for his versatility as a ball player, uh, Cleotha Chico Walker was a graduate of Chicago's Tilden High School. Just as a quick overview, he played in at least 40 games at five different positions in his career, second and third base, and all three outfield positions. Never really was an everyday player, and really didn't get a lot of playing time until later in his career with the Mets, a couple of seasons there with the Cubs in the 80s. But we're getting ahead of ourselves here, because Chico had a lengthy career in major and minor league baseball. So let's start at the beginning. He was drafted by the Boston Red Sox in the 22nd round of the June 1976 draft, straight out of Tilden High School. And again, he has a very lengthy career in Major League Baseball, and especially in Minor League Baseball. And Chico had a few guest appearances and notable events in both baseball as a whole history and Mets history along the way that I thought made him a very interesting subject for this. Uh, Chico was in the Red Sox organization from 1977 at age 17 all the way through to the 1984 season. In those eight seasons, he really never got a crack. I was going to call him a quadruple A player, but really he was primarily just a triple A player. He rarely got out of Pawtucket. He got called up for snippets of the 1980, 81, 83, and 84 seasons, but amassed only 81 at-bats in 32 major league games over those four seasons, so he was really primarily a Pawsock. As you might guess, he, he really was a healthy player. You might not have guessed that, but if, as you might guess, he played in a lot of minor league games in the Red Sox organization, though if you look at his stats, or it probably felt to him as if he was getting credited for fewer games than he should, because in AAA Pawtucket, Chico Walker participated in the longest game in professional baseball history. And this is really a, a fun read. I tweeted, uh, I'm going to tweet something about the game, uh, the Wikipedia article, which should lead to, to a lot of other interesting reading on it. probably deserves its own podcast. But basically on April 18th, 19th, 1981, the Pawtucket Red Sox and the Rochester Red Wings began a 33-inning, 8-hour, and 25-minute odyssey. Pretty much all of it on that day. The first pitch didn't take place until 8.25, thanks to a delay due to stadium lighting issues. And the two teams played 32 innings on that day, completed at 4.07 a.m. Eastern Time. They played and played and played at McCoy Stadium in Pawtucket, Rhode Island. Our faithful subject, Mr. Walker, batted third for the Paw Sox that day, started in left field, and he went 2-for-14 in the game. He scored the tying run in the bottom of the ninth on a sacrifice fly, nodding the game at 1-1. I bet he regretted being so fast, a speed being one of his calling cards, that he was able to score that run. The Pawtucket's Russ Larrabee hit a sacrifice fly, Bottom of the ninth, tie the game at one, very faithfully. So many uh, fascinating things about this game, even just the little research I did. I'm going to delve even more after the podcast. Uh, apparently, International League had a suspension policy that, that, that the game should be suspended at 12.50 a.m., but the umpire at the game did not have this in his rule book, so he would not refuse to suspend the game. 
Uh, sometime, I don't know the timestamp on this one, but in the 21st inning, Rochester went ahead in the top of the frame 2-1, to one, but future Hall of Famer Wade Boggs tied, tied it up in the bottom of the frame with an RBI single, which he pretty much said after the game he thought his teammates were angry at him for, uh, for getting that base knock. And perhaps that's why he started dulling the pain by drinking 37 beers on cross-country flights or however many it was. I'll have to have to consult Always Sunny to, to double-check. But finally, at 4.07 a.m., at the end of the 32nd inning and more than eight hours after it began, the game was suspended, tied 2-2 two to two after 32 innings. Both teams, I, I think you know, people were falling asleep. There were apparently only 19 spectators left in the stands. Uh, both teams signed a baseball on Sunday that went to the Baseball Hall of Fame to commemorate the game. And just as an amusing footnote, the game concluded on Tuesday, June 23rd in front of a sellout crowd of 5,746 people, 140 reporters from around the world. Players were offered to finish the game at Fenway Park, but they refused because there was a strike going on and they felt that would have looked at they were crossing the picket line. And, of course, it took one inning to complete the suspended game. That 33rd inning, 18 minutes, the losing pitcher was not even on Rochester when the game was originally suspended in April. So, uh, fun, fun story. A fun game that Chico Walker was a part of before his journey to the Mets. So, yes, I digress. He never got a chance with the Sox. He was a minor league free agent or released after the 1984 season and he signed on with his hometown Chicago Cubs organization. His fortunes didn't change too much immediately. He was he did have an excellent for him Triple A season in 84 85, excuse me, 809 OPS, 42 stolen bases in 89 games, but very little playing time with the Cubs. But in 86 and 87, he finally spent significant time with the major league club, primarily on the bench. He recorded over 100 at-bats each season, first time in his career. You know, got in a lot of games, primarily as a pinch hitter and pinch runner, and, you know, then as a defensive replacement, again, at second, third, and the outfield, and he, you know, really utilized his speed as his calling card. He racked up 15 and 11 stolen bases in those two seasons, despite barely getting over those 100 plate appearances. Before he even came to the Mets, though, Chico Walker played a nice little part in Met history, a nice little footnote, an enjoyable footnote, and we have so few, not not so few, but I'm going to be positive, Rob, trying to be positive. We're still above 500 and in the playoff race. Anyway, uh, in his limited time with the Cubs in 86, Chico Walker came to Shea Stadium on September 17th, hitting over 300 with an 800 OPS at the time. And he let off and started in right field for the Chicago Cubs in that game at Shea Stadium. Perhaps his manager thought his speed would be a good option against the notorious slow-to-the-plate Dwight Gooden. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. 
Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. At any rate, Chico Walker was 0 for 3 with a walk and indeed a stolen base when he came to the plate for the fifth time in the game against the good doctor with two on and two out in the top of the ninth. Chico Walker hit a slow chopper to Wally Backman, who flipped the ball to Keith Hernandez, who dragged his flu-riddled ass off the bench just to appear in that top of the ninth inning, and all of that just barely beat the deluge of humanity that swarmed out of the Shea Stadium stands and onto the field to celebrate the New York Mets' first National League East title in 13 years. Uh, Chico Walker made the last out of that game on September 17, 1986. As aforementioned, uh, Chico Walker's 87 was pretty similar to his 86, about 100 plate appearances, 11 stolen bases, decent season, and he actually was traded. Only time in his career was traded, mostly he was released minor league free agent on waivers, but he was sent to the California Angels, where he spent another season on the shuttle between AAA and the majors, primarily in AAA. 1989 and 1990, he spent with the Toronto Blue Jays organization and back with the Cubs organization without ever leaving AAA either season. A lesser player or human being might have given up on baseball at that point, but not our Chico Walker, which would soon land him with our favorite franchise, or I'm assuming most of your favorite franchises. Most of your yours favorite franchise if you're bothering listening to me so chico had a different a decent 91 season for the cubs it was his first year in baseball that he didn't spend any time in the minors that i could see that he spent the entire league in yeah spent the entire season in, in the majors and he had a decent season getting 374 at bats uh, the most playing time of his career and actually he started the 92 season with the Cubs, but he got off to a very slow start and was promptly waived on May 7, 1992, and that brought him to the New York Mets. 1992 was, of course, where the bottom started to fall out of that great run of the 80s Mets. Uh, you could argue 81. Really, the 81 Mets started off really well. Uh, first half, I think they're even in first place, if not at the All-Star break, at some point in the first half but just collapsed in the second half, finishing 77-84 and 84 with their first losing record since 1983. But it didn't, you know, it didn't feel like it was the end yet. We, we still had painful lessons to learn. The team brought in Eddie Murray, Bobby Bonilla. Thought you could, they could still build around that Gooden, Cone, Fernandez starting rotation, or at least I did. So I was still paying attention a lot in 92-93 before that atrocious worst Team money could buy 93 Mets plus the baseball strike in 94 put a bit of a crimp in my baseball interest for a couple of years. So I have a lot of a lot of memories of Chico Walker, you know, just as that Swiss Army knife. Not obviously not a Zobristian or McNeil quality one, but as a player who played all around the field, supplementing and injured Dave Maggot in at third base and aging Willie Randolph at second base and backing up in the outfield. Uh, in 1992, he had his best major league season by far. He put up, I think, a 1.5 war for the for the 
for the 92 Mets, uh, by far the best number of his career. He had 308 for the Mets, uh, 369 on base percentage, 792 OPS, and went 14 of 15 for stolen bases to boot. I was going to say something shady, like I, I guess it took the worst team money could buy for Chico Walker to start getting decent amounts of playing time, but you know, you got to admire his perseverance, I think, and you know the the amount of time he spent in baseball. But you know, so he he did uh, 92. He had got 227 at bats in 107 games in 93. Spent the whole season with the Mets again, 213 at bats in 115 games. So you know, kind of backup player, pinch hitter, pinch runner uh, type of player. And yes, 1993 was that very infamous worst team money could buy. And Chico was quite a part of it, although one of the less expensive options, one would think, at least. The thing that always stuck in my head and in my craw is, uh, I don't I don't remember the context, I've searched all over to try and find this online, but I really couldn't, is, um, uh, yeah, and I, that's when I knew the Mets were done, and it's amazing how quickly we went back to being a joke, despite seven years of great baseball, if only one world championship, but remember, you know, at the time, I just loved and worshipped David Letterman, and I remember him, you know, setting up a baseball joke. I don't even remember the the lead-in, you know, something about, you know, in in the opening day today, Barry Bonds hit two home runs. And in related news for the Mets, Chico Walker hit a couple of really hard foul balls. And somehow right there, I just knew (laughs) the Mets were done. (laughs) The Mets were a joke again. LOL Mets 1993 version. And, you know, you just remember the delight Letterman took. He loved those odd names and, you know, in saying Chico Walker and and in mocking the Mets. And, yeah, that was, I'd, I'd, I'd love to find that clip and find the actual joke, but I have not been able to. And if anyone could find that and send it to me, I would be eternally grateful. Well, grateful might be the wrong word, but I would enjoy seeing it again. So Chico's career was coming to an end. I don't know if he knew that or not, but in the 93 season, in a couple of very memorable Major League moments, uh, it, in September 9th of 1993, he struck out to end the game when the late Daryl Kyle closed out his no-hitter. I believe it was the last no-hitter ever thrown at the Astrodome. Again, I someone I double-checked that afterwards, but... I, I do remember that game very vividly, and it you know, just felt like a microcosm of how frustrating that year was, that of course the Mets got no hit. I mean, why would you be surprised with a 100-loss team? And then I'll, I'll, it's also nice to note, though, that at least you go out on a high note and always leave them wanting more. On October 3rd of 1993, the Mets closed out this brutal, brutal season on a six-game winning streak, beating the Florida Marlins 9-2 to to bring their record to a scintillating 59-103. and In the ninth inning of that last game of the season, Doc Gooden pinch hit and got an RBI triple to extend the Mets' lead to 4-2. Whether Doc Gooden was you know that was just for fun because it was the last game of the season, or he was actually the best pinch-hitting option off the bench, I do not know. You could argue either way with that team. But anyway, Chico Walker ended the five-run inning with a solo home run. It was the 17th home run of his career in what would turn out to be his final major league at bat. I guess it's not quite the drama of Teddy Ballgame, but 
you know, for purposes of unfermentable. Come on. It's a, it's a pretty good way to go out on a high note. Well done, Chico Walker. Chico would spend the 1994 season in the Mexican League before hanging up his cleats for good. He spent time in the majors in 11 separate seasons. Um, over the course of his career, he recorded a negative 2.2 B war. He appeared in 526 games, recorded 1,217 at bats, and hit 246, <clears throat> recorded a 634 OPS and a 75 OPS plus. He got more than a third of those at bats in his last couple of seasons with the Mets, which again were the best numbers of his career. He put up a positive one war, according to baseball reference, in his 222 games with the Mets. He had 440 at bats as a Met, hit 268. 704 OPS, 95 OPS plus. And again, I said it before, but it's just, I think, an impressive note of perseverance or love of the game or both that, you know, probably gets lost when people, you know, are mock or less respectful towards these utility players. You know, Chico Walker played professional baseball for 19 seasons. He spent parts of 15 different seasons in the minor leagues where he amassed 154 home runs in over 1,600 professional baseball games and nearly 7,000 plate appearances in the minors. So anyone who romanticizes people, you know, just doing it for the love of the game and not because they're making million dollar paychecks uh, should probably romanticize Chico Walker a little bit and not laugh about him just hitting a couple of very hard foul balls even if I did laugh about it at the time. Sorry, Chico. Thank you for being unfermentable. And thank you all for listening to Unfermentable. Please go to AmazonAvenue.com for more Mets-related content. Follow Amazon Avenue on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can find this and all of our Amazon pods wherever you get your podcasts. Apple, Google, Stitcher, Spotify. Please subscribe, leave a review. Original music by Bunga. I'm on Twitter at WolfRR, W-O-L-F-F-R-R, and the show is at Unfermetable. Thank you, and let's go next.